This week on Whatever Wando, we have our first whatever episode. In whatever episode, I basically just get to rant about whatever I want. And this week, I have a few little mini topics to talk about. We're going to talk about what happened in the Final Four. We're going to talk about WrestleMania because I love professional wrestling. And random sports knots I've had in the last week. Let's get right to it. So this week on Whatever Wando, we have... A whatever episode. And by whatever, like when I put it on the Twitter and Instagram like posts, I was like, I hope someone's not reading this like, oh, it's whatever. No, no, no. What I mean is I can kind of talk about whatever I want, which I can on my this podcast, but I've kind of, you know, there's an episodic format. You know, you can hop in. There's certain segments. And occasionally I don't want to do that. The ADD in my brain kind of takes over and says, no, 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 like let's freeform this. And so that's what this is going to be. It's going to be talking about some stuff that I want to talk about that maybe I wouldn't have given an episode to, or maybe it's just current stuff. Um, so for me, there's really three big things I want to talk about, and you know I'll kind of chunk it up, break it apart. Um, but I want to talk about the final four. Then I'm going to talk about WrestleMania because I love professional wrestling, and then just some random sports thoughts I've had about the last couple of days. And then you know we'll send you home, hopefully fully entertained. But let's start first with the final four. Uh, first of all, I loved this tournament. It was a ton of fun, even though I didn't win that much money gambling. I think I did break even, but I'm also someone who, like, if I play a slot machine and I hit, like, a, like a jackpot on the first go, I'm going to quit. You know, there's a lot of people who, like, are way better gamblers than me who will, you know, like, all right, I'll set aside this money when I get back to that. It's like me. I'm like, if I hit, like, a big win in the beginning, I'm like, nope, I'm done. Um... So besides that, the tournament was really fun. In the final four, if you're sitting there as an executive for TBS or CBS, you couldn't have asked for a better, better final four, like college-wise. Like, you, I guess maybe you could. I guess you could probably, like, if you replaced Villanova with Kentucky, and that's not a shot at Villanova. Villanova isn't necessarily a blue blood. They're more of like a new blue blood, for sure. They're a very big program. But if you threw in Kentucky in there, that's probably the only way you could make this better. Or maybe UCLA, that's about it. Like one of those like very old, you know, standard programs. Maybe even Indiana, if you get, you know, you want a Midwest team in there. But Villanova is not a bad team to have. Uh, but yeah, you got Villanova, Kansas, North Carolina, and Duke. And you got North Carolina and Duke playing each other in the Final Four. But we're going to put that game to the side. First, this was a great thing for Kansas. Because, you know, we're all kind of used to Kansas kind of choking. You know, for, you know, the last, I don't know, it feels like it was ever since the Derrick Rose season uh, against Memphis. Ever since then, it's just like when they get, they have really good teams. They're like a one or a two seed they get to the Elite Eight or the Sweet 16, and they just lose. And this year, because of the Duke-North Carolina game with Coach K's possible last game, uh, 
no one was really focused on it. So for Kansas, it was just like, all right, no one's focusing on us. Let's quietly go win a Final Four game. And that's what they did because it just – everyone was focused on that big game. I'll be honest. I didn't – like I was half paying attention during that Villanova-Kansas game because I was pretty sure what was going to happen. What I, what I thought happened did. Kansas was coming in with a full team. Villanova, which has a strong starting five, and that's like they're – behind that's not much. They're coming with one band down. You can't compensate for that against a team like Kansas. You just can't. And so, you know, uh, give credit to Villanova. They would fight back. They'd make it close. But then Kansas would just come over the top. It's kind of like a great boxing match. Like, yeah, it went 12 rounds, but you knew who was going to win. So Kansas quietly won a Final Four game. And so they got to the championship. And on the other side, you got UNC Duke. And it, first of all, it's nuts that they even got to play in a Final Four game during, like, the greatest coach at Duke's history, like, one of the greatest coaches in college basketball history's final season. The fact that he has to face his bitter rival is crazy. If you wrote it as a movie, they would say, like, no, that's too coincidental to make sense. But it did happen, and, you know, a lot of people, you're going in, all right, UNC gave Duke, you know, they gave Coach Ruin Coach K's final game at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Duke's going to get revenge here. And they didn't. For some reason, you know, I think it's just the size of North Carolina. They have, like, they just offensive. It feels like their offense was offensive rebounds. Good guard play offensive rebounds. And they just, Duke couldn't win. You know, they missed some free throws and stuff. Uh, Duke got in a foul trouble in the first half, but then, you know, North Carolina got in trouble in the second half, so it kind of evened out. But yeah, it was crazy to see that because, and that was kind of the moment I thought Kansas definitely was going to win the national title because for North Carolina, yes, you want to win a national title. But really, like, I don't know what bigger game there could be than ending your rivals, your number one rivals best coach's career in a loss on a national stage. Like, I don't know how it can get bigger. Like, yeah, you could win a national title against them or something. But honestly, next to that, I don't know what could be bigger. So for me, I was just sitting there. I was just like, all right, North Carolina just won its national title. I don't know how you get up for, you know, the actual national title. But props to North Carolina, they did. They pull up to a big lead at halftime, but at halftime, Kansas made the adjustments. Uh, in the first half, you know, they uh, North Carolina was just getting to the hole. They're making easy buckets, getting a lot of rebounds. And in the second half, Kansas was just shutting everything down. So, you know, you can give credit. You know, you can definitely do the thing of like, all right, well, North Carolina blew it. Kansas earned their way back in it. Kansas pulled away and they won. There is the issue, though, of uh, Baycott, Baycott driving to the hole, and there's, like, the loose floorboard. If you haven't seen it, go check it out on Twitter. He's going in to drive, and this was still a one-point game, and he slips and he gets hurt, and, like, the floorboard moves. And there's some people who are like, no, like, it's supposed to flex like that. Then other people are like, well, then why don't we see that happen all game? I haven't really investigated it. I don't know if that's a thing. Like, you you know, every court has its quirks. You know, there are certain stadiums and courts that people know, like, there's dead spots, so those are places to go for steals or try to trap somebody in. So, 
I don't really know, and especially because the fact this is a court that is built on a football stadium, you know, for this, so who knows how that all, you know, enters into the thing. Maybe this is a crew of people who have never, you know, put together a basketball court. Maybe they, maybe they messed up. So, you know, props to Kansas, but if I'm a North Carolina fan, I don't hang my head. You're an eight seed. You made it to the national title game, and once again, you basically won a national title this year. Like what? Like it, the only people who could, who might try to give you shit, is a Duke fan, and you literally can just be like, "We ended Coach K." Uh, with that said, I don't think Coach K is done. I like. There's a lot of people who are saying that, and I believe it. I don't think. I do believe Coach K is kind of an egomaniac, and I think for someone like that who's very proud of their legacy, losing twice to your arch rival does not sit well. So I definitely see him coming back. I don't know if it'll be a full-time thing. Maybe he coaches a game or two, you know, in a year. But, like, I don't think we've, like, that's the end. I think Coach K will get his final say. Um, but, you know, once again, that's why March Madness is great. I'm not a really, I've mentioned it before on other podcasts, I'm not a huge college basketball fan. I prefer the NBA because... And this, I know I made this point in another podcast, is that when I watch college basketball, there's just certain things that infuriate me, where it's just like, I know this wouldn't happen in for a pro team. And, you know, I've, you know, I know people make the argument, you know, it's more for the love of the game, you know, there's more passion, there's better defense, blah, blah, blah. But I'm always like, yeah, there's like there's for sure better defense, but when you get to the playoffs and the NBA, the NBA they play some tough defense. But then also there's just like simple things of if I give a professional NBA player an open 3, he's going to bury that. When you have it in college, it's like hit or miss half the time. So, I don't know why. It's just like I prefer I just like prefer the better version of it. So I prefer the NBA. That's just my perspective. But it was a fun tournament. Um, another like It always is. I can't think of a March Madness where I didn't like it. Because once again, it gives us all something to watch. Like those Thursdays and Fridays, those Saturdays and Sundays when there's so many games back to back to back. It's so exciting. Like for me, then it's like, all right, like I know what I'm doing this weekend. Like I knew in all those days, I was like, all right, I'm going to sit down. I'm, you know, right when I get home from work, and I'm going to watch all this stuff. So, nice job. Congratulations, Kansas. Congratulations to my cousin and my uncle. They're big Kansas Jayhawks fans, so rock shock. Good for you guys. Uh, Moving on to a completely different type of, you know, event, let's talk about WrestleMania. So, I love professional wrestling. I love it. I always have. Um, you know, I know once again, I'm going from talking about a pure sports event in the Final Four to, you know, what some people call an act. They're like, it's staged. And yes, it is staged, but you can't fake it. You know, these are athletes who are putting their bodies through huge, you know, physical tolls to, you know, do amazing things in the ring and also tell amazing stories. Um, there are some wrestling matches that honestly, like I, like people who don't like wrestling, I will be like, I want you to watch this match. And there's a story that's being told in the ring by some of the things they do. And it's better than some TV you're going to watch some movies you're going to see. 
there's an NXT match I always remember. For those of you guys who don't know what NXT is, um, the World Wrestling World Wrestling Entertainment or the WWF as it used to be called has like a developmental like their minor league system, which is used to put on some of the most amazing shows until they've rebranded it recently. Um, and there was a match at one of their takeovers in New Orleans. Um, and it was Johnny Gargano uh, against Tommaso Ciampa in, uh, I believe it was an unsanctioned match. I think that was what it was. I, I'm not, I can't totally remember the st- stipulation, but basically it was like no holds barred. And the story told during that match gave me goosebumps. Like as I was watching it, just the small little details, like callbacks to months back, to years back, it was masterfully done. So for me, you know, I'm going to talk about wrestling. So WrestleMania obviously is one of the biggest nights in wrestling, especially still for the WWE. Like I have people I know who don't watch WWE anymore being like, hey, you think WrestleMania is going to be good this year? And, you know, some years I'm like, yeah, like it's looking good. And other years I'm like, no, like save your time. And when I say save your time, I'm still going to watch it. But I'm like, you don't need to. Like, I will feel like I'm missing out. If I don't watch, you probably live a fine life without it. Um, So this year, um, you know, the build up to WrestleMania wasn't great. A lot of matches kind of just seemed thrown together. Um, But at the end of it, I thought it was a really good show. Uh, I do like that there's WrestleMania nights one and two. So there's a WrestleMania on Saturday night and a WrestleMania on Sunday. I think that's fun to do that instead of having, like, one long uh, eight-hour, like, pay-per-view. Um, and it gets more people on, you know, on the pay-per-view. So, well, even though I don't think they're, they're not called pay-per-views anymore. Um, so I'm just going to run through some of the matches. Uh, for some of them, I don't remember a ton about, and so I'm not going to talk about them a ton. Um, but, you know, I'm going to kind of just give you my general thoughts. So night one. We start with a SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Uh, it's the Usos versus Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs. Um, it was fine. The big thing is Rick Boogs, like, legitimately, like, I believe he tore his quad. Or he, like, blew sign up in his, in his leg. And so, basically, he buckled. And then it was just like, all right, we got to end this match. I think everyone knew the Usos were going to win. But they had to cut the match super short because of, like, of a legitimate injury. So... You know, the Usos won, which is definitely the right move to keep the the bloodline story going with Roman Reigns and all that. Um, you know, and actually, I'm going to focus more just on some of the big matches. Once, once again, this is a whatever episode. And I know some of you, you know, don't watch wrestling, so I don't want to get through storylines that some of you don't uh, don't care about. Um, the, uh, the Miz, who used to be on Ro- uh, The Real World, he to- uh, teamed up with Logan Paul. Uh, against Rey Mysterio and his son, Dominic Mysterio, which was a dope match, first of all. Logan Paul came out wearing this Charizard card on his neck that's worth, like, $3 million, which he's done during his boxing matches. Um, He had great gear on, and he played a heel perfectly. He was doing, like, Eddie Guerrero moves. He did Eddie Guerrero, and if you don't know, Eddie Guerrero was a great friend of Rey Mysterio, um, who also tragically died and so, like, uh, Ray always pays, like, homage to Eddie in his matches, doing a move called the Three Amigos, which is three standing suplexes, um, but connected. So they'll give the guy a standing suplex, roll their hips, pick them back up, give them another one, then give them a third one. So he does that a lot and does the Frog Splash, which was Eddie Guerrero's finishing move, 
Well, Logan Paul does that to Rey Mysterio and gives him a frog splash. He did great. Um, for like Once again, I thought he would do pretty good. He's an athletic dude and boxing and all that stuff, and I'm sure he had time to prepare. So he put on a great match. Um, I, they had them win, and then they had kind of a weird heel turn at the end where the Miz turned on Logan Paul, who was his tag team partner. But uh, I thought that was really impressive. If you get a chance to see that, see the highlights. Uh, one of the matches of the weekend was Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch. Um, it's a really great story they told, basically. It's a year-long, almost a year-long build back to... Okay, Becky Lynch came back in, stole the title basically away from Bianca Belair. Belair fought her way all the way back up, winning a number one contender's elimination chamber match. Now we're here. And they laid it in. Tons of false finishes. Um, and just the right person won. Bianca had to win. And she did. Um, and you could tell it was a rough match. She came out on Raw today. Uh, well, not today, on Monday. And she, like, her eye is jacked up. So props again for her. They're building her like a star. Uh, we had Cody Rhodes coming back uh, to face Seth Rollins. Another really big moment that every time... So Cody Rhodes is the son of Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream. And Cody Rhodes, um, once again, I'm kind of giving some backstory for people who don't you know, watch wrestling because I'm sure there's a lot of people who are, if they're listening to this, who are like, I don't care. Um, but his, you know... Cody Rhodes is the son of Dusty Rhodes, and he, Dusty Rhodes is a legend. So Cody is always kind of like any time like you have a big athlete, they're living in the shadow of their father or their mother or whoever. He just, in the beginning of his career, really couldn't live up to his dad. And that's all he was trying to do. So he was stuck just, you know, doing a really, you know, a real shitty gimmick. Um, so he left. He traveled the world. He even started his own wrestling, you know, promotion, AEW, which is doing very well. Um, but he decided to leave. Uh, the, you know, they've talked about it on a ton of other podcasts. You know, Going and Raw talked about it. Uh, the Fightful podcast, The Wrestling Observer. That basically, like, even though he like founded the company, him and like the owner, like the guy who bankrolled it, Tony Khan, who is Shad Khan's son. Uh, the guy who owns the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, um, they just like were having like a falling out. Just kind of like they just couldn't agree on things. Um, I think Cody booked himself into a corner because in AEW he basically said he would never win the heavyweight championship, and I'm sure he wanted to. So he had to come back. He got paid very well, and they're making him look like a million bucks. And he's basically getting to be himself. And like I said, he comes. Everyone like thought it was Cody. You hear the Cody chants, you hear his music play, and that crowd goes nuts. Like, I had goosebumps when I'm re-watching it. And him and Seth Rollins had an amazing match. Was, I think it was the longest match of the night. Uh, but yeah, Cody had to win, and Cody did. Um, I'm interested to see what they're going to do with him. Um, they had Charlotte F Flair beat Ronda Rousey. It felt like this match could have been more than it was. And I think it's just because... And this is, I don't, I don't think anyone can tell what they're going to get from Ronda Rousey in wrestling. Not when it comes to ability. It's just that it seems like she's very, sometimes is very annoyed by wrestling fans. And rightfully so. Like, we are a very fickled group of people. Like, where we love you one minute and then we hate you the next. And it's literally for the same reason we loved you. 
Like, we can come and be like, oh, you're a badass. Like, no one ever beats you. We love you. And then we hate you, like, a month later. It's like, oh, no one ever beats you. You never lose. You push too hard. Like, we hate you. Like, the way flip-flopping, it's brutal. You know, John Cena got the worst of it. So I think Ronda Rousey got annoyed by that stuff. But they had a really good long match. I'm not a big fan of the dusty finish. Um, like, you know, there was a ref, you know, the ref got knocked down and then some, you know, sneaky stuff happened uh, to make sure that Charlotte Flair could win. I wasn't a huge fan of that, but they told a good story. It was a good match, so no complaints. The main event was Stone Cold Steve Austin coming back against Kevin Owens. And this is where I had people, I had my cousins, like, my cousin be like, hey, like, looks like Stone Cold's going to wrestle a match. Like, should I check out WrestleMania? And I'm like, he's not wrestling a match. Like, everything I've read says it's like it's going to be just an interview segment. He's going to hit him with a stunner. We'll call it a day. Um, Which is for sure, you know, Steve Austin has had knee issues and neck issues. Totally understandable. He's like, I don't want to wrestle. He's made enough money. He's doing that. Um, But then the surprise to everyone, he comes out. Kevin Owens, who's supposed to be the bad guy, but I love him, basically insults him, challenges to a match, and Stone Cold says yes. And they have like a 14-minute match, and it's a no-holds-bar match because Stone Cold really can't wrestle that much anymore. He's an older guy. But Stone Cold took some a big couple bumps. For those of you, once again, who don't watch wrestling, a bump is like you're like it's like when you're taking a move. Like when you when you take a power bomb, the bump is like, you know, you're hitting the mat. And Stone Cold took like a, a suplex on the concrete, getting knocked on the top of their like stage. He took a stunner, his own move. The fact he did all that stuff is crazy. Um, it was a really entertaining match. Like it wasn't the most like, it wasn't a big grappling type match. Uh, Stone Cold was drinking the entire time, which was hilarious. Uh, but yeah, it's exactly what you would want, you know, for his kind of like retirement match because I don't think he'll ever wrestle again. So that was night one. Night two, um, really, the, there's only, like, two matches I want to talk about. First, Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn. It's very much what wrestling is sometimes. It's funny. It's telling a story, and it's being silly. And it, it was a comedy match, but it was meant to be funny. And I had a great time with it, because basically it was just the jackass crew fighting this wrestler. And, like, he's running through it, like... He's beating them up like he should, like he's beating up all these non-wrestlers, but then he keeps on getting into basically like old jackass gags. It's basically like a like a Home Alone wrestling match where he'd go from like one thing to the next, like falling into the next like trap. And it was really good. The end where he gets pinned is kind of shoddy because he gets pinned with a mouse trap that doesn't totally do it exactly. But it was fun. This is like what wrestling is sometimes. Uh, the other big, uh, well, actually, there's two matches I want to talk about. Pat McAfee from the Pat McAfee podcast, the former punter for the Colts. He had a match against a wrestler named Austin Theory. And if you've never seen Pat McAfee wrestle, the man can wrestle. He like bought a ring right after he retired. This is what he wanted to do. And some of the moves he does are super impressive. And really the one I want to point out, if you can find it, is Pat McAfee is on the top rope. And his opponent pushes him off the top rope. From the top rope, he does a backflip, lands on his feet, and then in one motion runs, jumps up to the top rope, 
and then suplexes him down. It's amazing. It's amazing to see him do that. He's a total fit for professional wrestling. I'd love to see him wrestle, but I think he makes too much money to, for him to do that all the time. He had a great match. Then he had Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Um, for me, their matches are bad, just because it's literally how I used to play like the SmackDown versus Raw video games. Uh, when you used to play it, you could give your guy as many finishers as they want. So you could start a match and pick Triple H, and he could have like you can hit five pedigrees in a, in a row. Well, that's like what it is. That's, they both just hit their finishing moves. And the match kind of just ended. Uh, the microphone picked up Roman Reigns basically saying, like, it's out, it's out, and grabbing his shoulder. So there's some people who suspect he might have a shoulder injury. I think it might be legit, but we'll have to find out this Friday um, if it is actually legit. Um, Brock Lesnar isn't hurt by this. Brock Lesnar's the toughest man alive. I think no one's going to discredit Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is literally like, if, you know, if someone saw a picture of him in the 80s, they would have made, put him in so many movies. Probably is the bad guy most of the time, but he's like, all right, we're going to make a, a soldier in a lab. What should he look like? He should look like Brock Lesnar. Like if, you know, there's always the scenario you get with your friends like, okay, um, life or death situation, you're in a street fight, who are you taking? I'm taking Brock Lesnar with me, one of them. The man was a national champion wrestler, won a UFC heavyweight title, fought for a UFC title, like, literally, I think it was, like, two months after having diver, uh, diverticulitis and losing, like, a foot of intestine. Like, toughest, the toughest SOB I've ever seen. So, no knock on him. Uh, so overall, WrestleMania was a really good show. Like if you, well, like the nice thing now for people who are, who want to get into wrestling is it's never been cheaper. You know, you don't have to buy $60 pay-per-views. You can just subscribe to Peacock for five bucks and watch it. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to see the landscape of pro wrestling change. And I'm interested to see how it changes after this WrestleMania. Um, and if you're listening to this and say wrestling, that's silly. Give it a shot. Like, talk to a friend who you know is a wrestling fan. If you don't know any, message me, Twitter, at whatever Wando, Instagram, at whatever underscore Wando. I will give you lists of matches to watch. And I'm not going to give you, like, hour-long matches. I have these matches that I'm just like, this is a great story, this is a great story, here's this. Like, if you want matches that are just, like, exciting, like, here's a bunch of dudes going through tables, I got that for you. So I will be your Wikipedia for wrestling. Because the more people I can get in the wrestling, the better it is for me. Because I love pro wrestling. Pro wrestling and I kind of feel bad that it feels like stigmatized. It's just like there are some people who are openly like fans about it. But I remember like for me, like in college, I used to watch it like in secret. Like, I remember like when I got like my first girlfriend, like my biggest secret to her was like, I need to tell you this. And it was that was I watch pro wrestling. Like, I sometimes hit it in shame. So I think it's, you know, more people I can get into pro wrestling. You know, bring it back. I don't know. I don't think it'll ever be as big as it was in the 90s. But, hey, uh, a man can dream. Uh, but let's move on to our closing segment, which is my random thoughts. So with my random thoughts, I'm not just going to go corner to corner. 
uh, you know, with through my scattered brain, you know, as someone who I have ADD, uh, that's the last thing you need to hear. Uh, but for me, it's just a thought that I was thinking about on my drive home today. I was reminiscing, and when I say reminisce, I don't, I'm not thinking about it fondly. Um, the beginning of this whole entire pandemic and what happened with sports. Because it was a fascinating thing for me. And first of all, before I say anything, obviously, I, the more important part is that, you know, people lost their lives, people lost their jobs, families are, and families and countries are forever affected. That's the most important part, not my experience with sports. But, you know, I want to, like, it's, it's an interesting thing for me. When everything went down, you know, everything, you know, everyone's working from home and all this stuff, I'm like, okay, I'll, you know, I'll stay at home more, I'll, you know, watch a ton of sports, I'll be fine. You know, sports is an escape for everybody, and I love consuming sports. I made a sports podcast about it. And then, one by one, all the sports kind of got taken away. It's like, all right, spring training has been pushed back. All right, March Madness, it's been canceled. Okay, NBA's still going? Nope, never mind. Like, I remember watching those games as people were pulled off the court in the NBA. I remember watching, I think it was the Big East was having their, like, conference tournament, and they just stopped playing the game at halftime. And I was just like, all right, like, what am I going to watch? Like, I had resorted, for me, like, the final, my last resort is always golf. I don't like golf. It bores me. But I was like, all right, I'll watch golf because it is some sort of competitive event. I remember saying, like, it was a random, like, regular tour. Like, it wasn't even a major, just a reg- regular tour event. I'm like, all right, I'm going to tape this. I watch it tomorrow. My dad laughed at me. Um, and then overnight it got canceled. I was like, what am I going to do? And the reason I bring that up is I basically started to, re- like, you know, resort to watching whatever sport I could find. You know, obviously, you know, like ESPN started showing, you know, replays of old games that had happened. Um, you know, I watched some of those. ESPN also rushed out The Last Dance, which I will forever be grateful for. Um, but, you know, once again, you're going to run out of stuff eventually. And also some of those things are hard to keep people watching because they know the results. You know, you know how it's going to end. So, and this is like where I would have loved to be in these production marketing meetings, you know, ESPN and like Fox Sports was like, we need to get some live sports back. And so ESPN signed a deal with the KBO, the Korean Baseball League. Uh, I think the O stands for organization. But basically, like, I was just kind of curious. And once again, hit me up on at whatever Wando or at whatever underscore Wando on Instagram, like, I started to watch the KBO. Like, I would tape games because the games were on, like, 3 in the morning. But I would stay up sometimes to watch them. And, you know, once again, because I just needed I needed to hear, like, I needed to see a sport. I needed to see something. And, like, I knew no one in the KBO except for Tyler Saladino because he used to play for the Chicago White Sox. Besides that, I didn't know any of these guys. But I was like, I need something. And then I found more and more things to watch. Like, I watched... uh Australian rules football. I taped that. I watched that late. Then, you know, little by little, more things came back. Uh, I remember, you know, there was uh, like Central, you know, Central American like soccer, you know, like like Mexico, um, like their league would be on TV, and I'd watch that. You know, my Spanish isn't great, but it's good enough um, that I, you know, I'd watch that. I knew some of the players. I would. I was watching that. 
Um, I remember there was the TBT tournament. Is it the TBT? I might be saying it wrong, but it's like the tournament basically like where it's like a bunch of amateur teams that play for that like, uh, you know, a million dollars. I watched that. It was just like, I just, just kind of like wondering, like, what was your guys' experience with that? I'm kind of posing you guys a question, but it was really fascinating for me. Just like going back and be like, all right, I watched those KBO games. And then once these other sports came back, like the NBA came back in the bubble, Major League Baseball started coming back. I was just like, all right, you know, uh, like, I'm good. I'm wondering, like, what those contracts look like with the KBO. It's like, hey, we'll give you this much money, but we're free to drop you whenever we want. Because it's not like I see them on TV anymore. Uh, maybe they're on local ESPN in Korea around there. Maybe there's, like, an ESPN 8, the Ocho. I don't know. Uh, but I'm kind of fascinated to think about that. So definitely let me know on Twitter or on Instagram, like, what that experience was like for you. Because, like I said, that was kind of my random thought of just, like, remembering, like, yeah, like, we lost, like, all sports. Like, we all had to find random stuff to watch for a while, all of us sports fans. So I'm kind of curious to see what other people's experience like that uh, during that time was. You know, I know mine, and you guys know it now, too. Um, but I'm kind of curious to hear yours. Um, next Wednesday, sorry, next Thursday. <laughs> next Thursday, we go back to our regularly scheduled programming. Um, we're going to talk about if the Super Bowl halftime show uh, basically caused a fake blackout to allow the San Francisco 49ers back into the Super Bowl against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, we'll see. Did Beyonce really blow the roof off or did the NFL shut it down to make sure people kept on watching? I don't know, but we'll find out next week. See you Thursday.